A huge fourth quarter come from behind win as the Houston Rockets are sparked by David Nwaba, DJ Augustine, and then Eric Gordon finishing things off as they top the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta for their second road win of the season, 132-126. We'll break it all down for you right here at Locked on Rockets. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Come from behind victory on the road for the Rockets. Second road win of the season. Down by as many as 19 points. Coming out on top against the Atlanta Hawks. 132-126. What's up? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets. The best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin. Native Houstonian and host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. What a game this was. I think this might be the game of the year now. Like, I, I was partial to the win against the Chicago Bulls, the one that snapped the 15-game losing streak. That one held very near and dear to my heart. It was an entertaining game. This game, I think, might top that one. Um, so many great moments from this game. Obviously, it was a huge come-from-behind victory, sparked by three guys in particular, David Nwaba at the heart of the of the comeback and this game, the complexion was changed when he was substituted into the game and he was a big part of that run. And then DJ Augustine and Eric Gordon bringing it home in the fourth quarter. All three of those guys, huge off of the Houston, well, the Houston Rockets bench getting it done. Eric Gordon, of course, part of the starting unit, dropping a 30-piece in this game. What a comeback in the fourth quarter. So, Basically, you know, this game felt kind of out of reach. It never felt as close as it really was until the comeback kind of started to mount in the fourth quarter. The Hawks jumped out to a 10-point lead after one. Trey Young largely getting whatever he wanted in this game. I Bless his heart, Josh Christopher got cooked like three possessions in a row early in this game by Trey. A couple, you know, really filthy, you know, crossovers from Trey into some step-back threes and then you know, beating JC off the dribble, getting a lob to John Collins. Like it was like eight points in a row very easily uh, early. And Josh Christopher just, you know, his defense is usually up to snuff, but Trey is, is one of the elites in the NBA, right? Makes it so hard to guard him. And Hawks were getting whatever they wanted in, in this game, largely for the majority of the run. And then it was tail into the third quarter and then into that fourth quarter where the Rockets bench unit really sparked this run to get back into the game. So Garrison Matthews struggled in this one, finished with just five points on one of six shooting. Armani Brooks finished with just six points on two of nine shooting. Unfortunately, was dealing with some kind of a calf issue that we don't have more information about. And so Steven Silas said that he went with David Nwaba because he kind of, you know, those two guys didn't really have it going and he needed another body to throw in to go along with the other bench guys. And he even said he's been, you know, trying to get 
Uncle Dave some more minutes in the lineup and just, you know, over the last three, four games and just hasn't, you know, has been able to get him like five minutes here and there, but hasn't really had an opportunity to get him some extended run. And so he did it in this one and it paid off in a big, big way. It started with David Wabba's just second three-pointer of the season. Coming into this game, David Wabba had only hit one three-pointer this year. He hit two in this game and he hit one of them very timely at the end of the third quarter and brought this, you know, cut the deficit from 16 to 13 heading into the final frame. And in that fourth quarter is where the run just started for the Rockets because DJ Augustine just started bombing threes left and right and center and could not miss. He hit four of five from distance in the fourth quarter. At one point, he was five of five. He hadn't missed. He, he had one three before that spurt and then was just nailing them left, right, and center in the fourth quarter. But it was a combination of not just the Rockets finally making some shots, because throughout this game, especially in that third quarter, it felt like the Rockets had multiple opportunities to get back into this game, and they were generating some quality shots. It just weren't converting them. They just weren't hitting them. And then finally, the shots started to fall as the bench unit went on a tear in that fourth quarter. And I want to give Steven Silas the utmost credit for sticking with the guys that got them back into this game. He spoke about it post game talking about how hard it is to, you know, want to, to stick with those guys, you know, to stick with a bench unit all the way for an entire quarter, because, you know, you have a natural inclination to, to want to get your starters back out there. Plus you're looking at these guys who have played, you know, straight nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 minutes in a row from when they get subbed in, you know, tail into the third quarter, all the way till, you know, to the end of the fourth quarter. And it's, it's tough to want to, you know, balance that, to want to get your starters back out there, but to want to stick with the group that's playing really well. And to Steven Silas's credit, he did just that. He made some minor adjustments. The five-man group, obviously, the the six guys, or the five guys off the bench, I should say, uh, KJ Martin, David Nwaba, Alperin Shingun, DJ Augustine, and Josh Christopher. That's the five-man group that dug the Rockets back into this game. And the first you know, domino to fall was Josh Christopher being subbed out with uh, what about six minutes left to go. Yeah. Six ish minutes left to go in the game in favor of Eric Gordon, which I, I do believe was the right decision by Steven Silas. Eric Gordon absolutely had it going. He was the one starter. Uh, maybe you make the argument for Jay Sean Tate as well. Um, only a couple of the rocket starters having, you know, really quality up to standard games. So bringing uh, Eric Gordon back into the fold and then, David Nwaba would have closed the game out if he wasn't absolutely gassed. You just looked up at one point with about two, it was about with, you know, two, three minutes left in the game. And David Nwaba had a take foul because he was just absolutely exhausted having played a straight like 11 minutes through. And David Nwaba is one of those guys that when he's on the floor, he's giving you 115% energy every second that he is on the floor. He has no 80%. He has no go slow button. None of that. He's giving you everything he has every second that he's on the floor. So he was just absolutely wiped out. So Steven Silas opting to go with Jay Sean Tate for the final almost three minutes of this game in place of David Nwaba, just because Nwaba probably didn't have much left in the tank after not getting consistent run for a little while. It was a huge, huge come-from-behind victory. Again, sparked by David Nwaba, his efforts on both sides of the basketball, defensively and offensively. And then not only that, DJ Augustine, completely bombing multiple threes in a row in a row, just the the sequence 
at one point Trey hit a three and it was, it pushed the score 114, 106 with about, you know, six ish minutes left in the game. And I was thinking, okay, this is where the Hawks are going to kind of take the reins, take control of the game again. And then the Rockets kind of put, you know, keep, keep digging away, keep pushing. And it's 119, 113. Rockets are a couple possessions behind. Eric Gordon drills a three pointer, makes it a one possession game with four minutes left to go. Then, in transition after a huge stop, David Noir is pushing the ball up, kicks it out to DJ Augustine on the wing. DJ relocates for the three, bombs another three pointer, and it's 121 119. Rockets finally back on top after trailing by as many as 19 points. A huge three-pointer from DJ Augustine. And then KJ Martin had a huge defensive possession against John Collins, absolutely swatting an attempt from Collins. You know, it, w- it wasn't like all the way into the third row, but just a really impressive block from KJ Martin uh, on John Collins, the giant slayer, KJ Martin. And then Eric Gordon was clutched down the stretch of this game. He hit a three-pointer with the shot clock winding down. It looked like it was going to be a wasted possession by the Houston Rockets. Then he had a clutch floater. Then he had a pair of clutch free throws. Eric Gordon on his way to 32 points came up huge in this fourth quarter for the Houston Rockets. So I want to keep breaking down the different elements from this game. I want to talk about the specifics on the fourth quarter run, the standout performances from these guys in this game. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Truebill. Because look, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your hard-earned money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap, one click, one press, one button, It's that easy. Don't fall for any more subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. And another message from my friends over at Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything that you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Some of the designs that Stance offers, great collaborations. They got Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, MLB, NBA, Pixar, you name it, they've got it over at Stance. Look, Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase when you use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at checkout with Stance. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball Rockets topping the Atlanta Hawks 132-126, despite a really impressive 41 points and 9 assists performance from Trey Young, 14 of 22 from the floor. Again, largely getting whatever he wanted against this 
Houston Rockets team. And even though they threw a variety of defenders at him, there were, you know, points where Josh Christopher, I, I can't really say Josh Christopher defended Trey because um, Josh was just getting cooked by Trey in this game. I apologize, but that's just how it, how it went. Um, EG was defending him. Jay Sean had a couple possessions on. I mean, uh, David Nwaba guarded him a little bit and he was just getting whatever he wanted. And I definitely had a fear that at the tail end of this game, as the Rockets were trying to pull away that, you know, it's, it seemed like Trey was just going to have some kind of a miraculous moment where he, you know, drills a three and, and, and you know, forces, you know, forces an overtime period or something. It was just one of those nights from Trey young. Uh, but despite Trey's huge contributions in this game, nobody else really for the Hawks uh, stepping up to help him out. Uh, a really off night for Kevin Herter, who did not have it going, just five points on two of ten shooting. The Rockets actually did a pretty pretty solid job defending him. Uh, former Houston Rocket and uh, longtime fan favorite Clint Capella finished with just 12 points, did have 16 rebounds, was incredibly active on the boards, has a, had a couple blocks, but just five of eight shooting, not enough of a scoring punch coming from really anywhere else on the Hawks roster. John Collins with 14 points. Gallinari and Lou Williams both had 12 points apiece off the bench. So kind of a balanced scoring approach from the Hawks, but just not didn't have that second person to really step up. Um, they were really missing out on, on Kevin Herter. His off night really, really hurt them. But back to the Houston Rockets and you know that that impressive fourth quarter one run. I want to give credit first and foremost to Steven Silas for for sticking with the group of guys that got him back into the game. And, you know, it's, it's tough because, well, what, first off, we, we got to see Alperin Shingun with his first closing minutes in a close basketball game. And he was trusted to be the, uh, the inbounder on the final play of the game. Like, like talk about, that's gotta be a confidence boost. If you're Shingun to, to be given the nod from Steven Silas to say, Hey, you're, you are a great passer. We're going to put you in charge of the inbound play at the end of the game. I love that moment. Um, Shingun getting his first chance at closing minutes in a close game as Rockets fans have been clamoring for, for a long, long time. Just that entire bench unit that brought the energy, the hustle, the combination of KJ Martin and David Nwaba defensively really brought an edge to this team. The second chance opportunities between those guys. I mean, you can look down the, just the, like this is the, this is kind of like the telltale stat of this game, right? The offensive rebounds for the Rockets bench unit. DJ Augustine didn't have a single offensive rebound. Understandably, he's DJ Augustine. But then down the line, KJ Martin, three offensive boards. David Nwaba, two offensive rebounds. Alperin Shingun, three offensive rebounds. Josh Christopher, two offensive rebounds. The hustle and the grit and the tenacity that that group was playing with is why the Rockets got back into this game. And having those two guys, KJ Martin, David Nwaba, and then I'll throw Josh Christopher into the mix too. Having those guys all out there at the same time, bringing that level of intensity and, and energy to the game, it it built and it snowballed. And then they all they needed was a few extra shots to go in. And that's exactly what DJ Augustine and Eric Gordon brought to the table in this one. So I, I can't say enough good things about the comeback for the Houston Rockets in this game. I do want to get, give a, a quick aside to David Nwaba, who continues to be a professional, just like Daniel Tice, right? You might not have your number called on a consistent basis, but when it 
came time for him to check in, he was ready and, and you know brought uh, brought his A game to this one. And I will say that the other the other day um, before the Milwaukee Bucks game, you know, it was Rockets' final home game of the homestand, and before that game, I was watching David Nwaba shoot, you know, during warmups, and he was drilling like every single three pointer that he was putting up. Like I think at one point uh, from the corner and then again, from like the top of the key, he was like seven or eight of 10, you know, in a row. And I was just counting in my head, like, okay, there's one, two, three, four, five, like just counting the makes in a row. And I know that, you know, in a warm up scenario, when you're just, you know, getting shots up, there's not a hand in your face, not an active NBA defense trying to close out on you. It's a very different dynamic. And a lot of these NBA players, you know, there have been, right, there's highlight reels of, like, Dwight Howard drilling, like, multiple threes in a row, um, you know, just messing around in practice. So I didn't want to put a whole lot of stock into it, but I did kind of notice that David, you know, he he's really working on that three ball, and that's something that of his game, right, that's been the biggest question of David Nwaba's game is, you know, can he ever get the three ball going consistently because he brings so much, you know, to the table elsewhere in the game. It's, it's very similar to Jay Sean Tate in a way, although Jay Sean is a significantly better playmaker than David Nwaba is. He's somebody that you can kind of consider a point forward to that degree. But with David Nwaba, I mean, he brings you the intensity, the hustle, the effort off the bench. And for him to finally, you know, have a game where he can get the three ball going a little bit, nailed both of his threes in this one after only having just the one coming into this season, it was impressive for him. Overall, that entire Rockets bench unit really brought, you know, something that the starters just didn't have in this game. Unfortunately, Garrison Matthews could not get it going, had plenty of opportunities, really good looks for Garrison Matthews, you know, the kind of looks that he would normally convert on. And then Armani Brooks, you know, I didn't see the play where he, you know, tweaked, you know, whatever the calf issue was, but, you know, goes back to the Rockets locker room. And even John Lucas didn't think he was going to play the second half. He came out and he started the second half and then just, you know, didn't quite look right out there, unfortunately. Now, Christian Wood, I do have to talk about Christian Wood here for a moment because Wood had, you know, a, a relative, you know, a pretty, pretty subpar game compared to what we're used to seeing out of him. Uh, just 12 points on four of 13 shooting, missed all six of his threes from behind the three-point line, uh, five rebounds, three assists, had a steal. I will say that Christian Wood did have um, a few really impressive dimes. I think the the highlight play of the night for me for Christian Wood has to be when he got the ball down low in the post and he kind of surveyed, waited a minute, and then whipped a pass across the court to Jay Sean Tate in the corner after noticing that Tate's man was starting to sag in. And Jay Sean Tate drilled uh, one of his three three-pointers off of that pass from Christian Wood. So even though it was a subpar game for Christian Wood, I I'm, you know, I'm trying to hold off on the judgment for Wood to this point. I don't want to be too overly harsh on him because he's playing without a traditional point guard. And I think that we've seen enough. We have enough evidence to know what it looks like when Christian Wood plays alongside like, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. And how that dynamic looks and how good it makes Christian Wood look on the floor that I don't want to, you know, tear into Wood too much about his, you know, down performance. I do wish that we'd see him, you know, convert a little bit more on some of those threes. He had, you know, a lot of really easy opportunities that he just missed that were just, you know, 
completely wide open shots that he'd normally convert on. But then past that, he had some tough finishes inside. It's just tough for him because he doesn't get nearly as many easy opportunities at the rim without Kevin Porter Jr. in the lineup like he was getting during that three, four game stretch where he was on an absolute tear and putting up monster numbers. That's because KPJ just makes the game so much easier for Christian Wood. So I do want to share some final thoughts on this one, just tip-ins, different moments from this game that stood out, and we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Boost Mobile. Because, look, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, right? You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. You can get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes that you don't want to miss out on of your favorite podcasts like Locked on Rockets. All in one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. That's Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers slash coverage not available everywhere or for all phones slash networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Final thoughts from this Rockets-Hawks game, as well as uh, we do have a little piece of news, a report regarding the Houston Rockets that I'll get to that I'll toss in here at the tail end. Uh, But just a few more tip-ins from this game. Uh, I will say that I want to talk about KJ Martin just for a quick second because I mentioned his the, the offensive rebound totals from him. But he has one of the quickest, like, second bounces, second jumps in the entire NBA. They were talking about it on the broadcast. Ryan Hollins was highlighting it. And I think it's just important to, you know, bring attention to because even when KJ is inside trying to finish, you know, in the land of the giants, land of the trees, even if he misses a shot, he's got such a quick second jump that that's what allows him those second chance opportunities and why the Rockets came out on top of the second chance opportunities in this game. In fact, like as far as the uh, second chance points go, the Rockets had 20 or a plus 10 in their second chance points in this game, 20 to 10 in favor of the Rockets. And they were also getting out in transition more in this game. This That group, that secondary group off the bench for the Rockets was running and gunning, getting out and getting some easy opportunities on the break. Uh, Rockets finishing 20 to 7. Uh, as far as fast break point, points are concerned, a plus 13 in transition for the Houston Rockets. But with KJ Martin, again, that quick second bounce allows him those chances where even if he misses his first opportunity right at the rim, he's got that quick second bounce, gets the rebound, gets back up, and puts the ball back. And he had a couple of those in this game, finishing, of course, with 13 points, six boards, three assists. And I think that's kind of my other takeaway is that secondary unit was moving the ball really well. And and not even just the secondary unit, the first, the primary unit's done that. And they've done that all throughout this last 10 game stretch for the Houston Rockets. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. They are now two games removed from the final play in spot in the Western Conference. And this Rockets team is starting to take on the, you know, identity of a a true Steven Silas offense in that there's a lot of driving kick. They're creating for each other. The ball is moving really well. I will say that with Christian Wood, especially with, you know, the, the misses that he had, the ball was kind of sticking a little bit at times with Christian Wood, where there were times where he was over dribbling a little bit too much ISO on, on his behalf. And again, I already, you know, made my, made my point on that. I don't want to be too harsh on it because things look 
completely different when he's got KPJ out there feeding him the ball as opposed to having to really work for his own shots because um, there's not really anybody to create the easy offense for him in this current iteration of the Rockets lineup, unfortunately. That said, uh, 27 assists on 46 made shots for the Houston Rockets. And uh, I want to circle back to DJ Augustine really quick, who finished with you know the, the second most points on the Rockets team, 22 points, had the six of seven from downtown. He's been huge to have in that reserve role. As the backup point guard, being able to check into games, he's a he's a bona fide shooter, uh, puts up numbers that way, calms down the Rockets' offense. He's been great as kind of that steadying force behind KPJ, and even without KPJ now to to have like that presence still out there to be able to close out games and uh, you know uh, like closing out the Nets game, all that kind of stuff, right? To have that presence, that veteran presence to rely on, has been big for this Rockets team. He's somebody that I wouldn't mind seeing stick around, although I do think that he's probably got some trade value. And that brings us to, well, before I get to the report that is, you know, worth mentioning, uh, I do want to say Alperin Shingun, who, you know, 11 points, six rebounds, four assists, had a steal, had two blocks, had some great defensive possessions, did finish with five fouls, didn't foul out of this game and got 25 minutes uh, in, in this ball game. I will say he had one of the most impressive, ridiculous, absurd passes. And again, it's every single game. There's at least one play that Alperin Shingun has where you think you think to yourself, how on earth did he manage to do that? In this game, he had the drive where he drove the ball in to the Atlanta Hawks defense and was kind of like behind the backboard almost when he threw the pass, but kicked the pass out like over his shoulder out to KJ Martin on the wing, the opposite wing. So Alperin Shingun drove the ball in on the right side of the floor, was kind of past the backboard when he finally threw the pass and threw it back behind over his shoulder and it landed right in the lap of KJ Martin. KJ didn't convert the three. If he had, just like the behind the back around three Celtics defenders for Alperin Shingun earlier this season, that would have been an, I mean, it was still an absurd pass, even though KJ Martin didn't convert the three and he wound up missing the three. I think it was Josh Christopher who got the rebound or, uh, you know, Josh Christopher and David Nwaba got the offensive board, tried to put it up a second time, missed it. And then Al P was right back there for the cleanup and tipped the ball in and also managed to yell and one after it happened. But that pass like how Shingun gets these passes, you know, first off the, the audacity of Shingun to be attempting these passes. And then secondly, his ability to get them to their target on the money each and every time is just unbelievable. I haven't seen, he really is the best passer on this Rockets team. Like that's no disrespect to Kevin Porter Jr. That's no disrespect to DJ Augustine, who's had a, you know, a, a 10 plus year as an NBA point guard and has had some great passes in, in his own career. Alperin Shingun's passes are just otherworldly. And every single time he, he has one of those, you know, insane passes, all you can do is just, all you can do is raise your hands. Like what, what, what is this guy? He's a wizard, right? Somebody commented under a thread trying to figure out a nickname for Alperin Shingun which I like LP by the way, like LP is a solid nickname. You know, it's, you can't go wrong with if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But somebody commented Merlin under, you know, a nickname thread for Alperin Shingun because he is a wizard, right? With the basketball, he does things that we haven't seen done before on the basketball floor. He also had the, uh, his, his patented, like it's very Rajon Rondo-esque, right? The behind the back, like 
pass fake that he does as Jay Sean Tate was cutting into the lane and he wound up not going behind the back with the pass, but he just did just did it just enough to kind of freeze the defense and then kick a regular, you know, just direct like, you know, one-handed pass to Jay Sean as he was cutting into the paint for an easy two at the rim. But Alperen Shingun is no shortage of highlights. You know, any any game that he plays in, he's going to give you at least one to two ridiculous highlight plays, and he did so in this one. So I do want to toss in here at the very end a report coming out Tuesday, early Tuesday morning from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report uh, saying that the Houston Rockets are searching for trades that would clear a roster spot to convert two-way standout Garrison Matthews to their 15-man roster, according to league sources. Veterans DJ Augustine, Daniel House Jr., Daniel Tice, and Eric Gordon are all viewed around the league as viable trade candidates. Houston appears willing to listen to offers on Christian Wood, but that would require a first-round pick plus further capital. So that kind of tracks with... Uh, in our previous episode, you know, I tried to evaluate, you know, where Christian Wood, or, you know, how much you know value Christian Wood would return in a you know a prospective trade. I was imagining at least a first round pick plus you know some version of you know additional capital or a young you know a young promising uh, player, rookie uh, prospect, that kind of thing. So that kind of tracks there, and then it's good to know that. Because Jake Fisher is a reliable source, so he's plugged in, and if he's reporting it, it means there's some you know some level of truth to it. The fact that the league views that you know little hodgepodge of vets from Augustine House, Tice, and Gordon as viable trade candidates, uh, especially the way that Eric Gordon has been playing. Again, I, I put it out there during the game. Eric Gordon is the piece that is going to put a contender over the top this season. Uh, it just depends, you know, it just remains to be seen which team is going to be the team that eventually, you know, forks up the right trade and that the Rockets say yes to for Eric Gordon. It's going to be a sad day to see Eric Gordon uh, not be a member of the Houston Rockets anymore. But I'm going to, I'm ready and willing to bandwagon whatever team he joins. Uh, again, I hope it's the Phoenix Suns. I'd love to see him team up with Chris Paul and push for a title there. Uh especially seeing as how the Rockets dealt P.J. Tucker last season and he went on to win a title with the Bucks. So hopefully they can do the same thing again this season, deal Eric Gordon, that team goes on to win a title. But if I had to put my money on it, I would say that Daniel House Jr. is probably the easiest of those four names to move and probably the most likely to get moved in favor of like, you know, a second round draft pick or, you know, with, with some protections or some considerations or something on it, just so that they can open a roster spot to then commit Garrison Matthews to some long-term money and, and to get him locked down on a true NBA deal. But it's good news. I, I like hearing this. It sounds like the Rockets understand what they have with Garrison Matthews. And it plays into my point about Garrison Matthews in our previous episode saying, look, there have already been conversations had between the Rockets front office and, and Garrison Matthews and his representation about getting him on a full-blown NBA deal. Like the moment he started showing out, those conversations were had. So now the Rockets are putting the ball in motion as to who they can possibly move, how they can open up, <coughs> pardon me, how they can open up a roster spot to get him locked down to a deal. And hopefully, again, it happens sooner rather than later because that's a sign from the organization that, hey, we appreciate what you brought to the table. We like you. We want you on this team long-term. Give us a minute to figure out how to open up a roster spot, and we're going to get you taken care of. That shows trust. That shows confidence from the organization that they're going to get Garrison Matthews a spot, and that's got to feel really good if you're Garrison Matthews, somebody who just 
a few weeks ago, a month ago, was you know fighting for a spot in the G League, didn't have a guaranteed spot on an NBA roster, and now you're being told that you're going to try, that you're going to have a, a guaranteed NBA deal and that a team is working to open up a roster spot just for you. That's got to feel good if you're Garrison Matthews. So with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Again, a really, really impressive come-from-behind win for the Houston Rockets. Can't be more proud of these guys. These are the types of wins that feel really good. And even though they came off the backs of some of the veterans with, with David Nwaba, with uh, DJ Augustine, Eric Gordon, playing as well as they did and kind of bringing this game home for the Rockets, this is you know, incredible experience for Alper and Shingun, who was down there, you know, through the tail stretch of this game, KJ Martin, who got to be on the floor for a close victory, right? Josh Christopher, who was part of that big comeback in the fourth quarter until it was time to bring Eric Gordon back. This is invaluable learning experience for those Rockets rookies. And this is now back-to-back games where the Rockets bench that group of guys, that five-man group that brought them back into this game, minus David Nwaba for the, for the Grizzlies game. But Seeing those young guys, Josh Christopher, KJ Martin, Alper and Shingun, playing at such a high level to bring this team back into games that they were otherwise out of, that's a great sign for the future. And it's a great sign to see Steven Silas trusting these guys to finish things off rather than defaulting back to his Rockets starters. So with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you haven't done so, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Also check out the Locked on Rockets YouTube page, search Locked on Rockets on YouTube, hit subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.